eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So now Posey ranges away, and Ballinger throws it so high. Some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, what's going on, all you people? Here we are, next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, and the Giants coming out of a series in Philadelphia where they take two out of three. Um, like any good golfer, Joe, that shoots their best round ever, uh, you still look at the two putts you missed. I mean, they were two innings away from sweeping Philly, so it's like you come out of there with two out of three, but you still feel like you missed a little something. I mean, am I ready to just cue up Johnny Miller? I shot a 64 on a Sunday of a major, but it could have been a 59. Right. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm ready to hear here. You know what, though? Look, I, I think it's never as bad as we think it is. It, they're never as great as maybe we want them to be. And they're somewhere in between. Right now, they're battling, right? They're only about six games back, give or take, depending on when you listen to this. They're about six games back from the Dodgers, right? I mean, they're right where they need to be. We've got three and a half full months to go. I, I know that people are losing their minds, hitting the panic button. Why? Well, like, why? This team has produced runs. They hit a very rough patch in terms of pitching. And I think that the best is yet to come. Well, and, and you know, weird stuff happens in a season. The Dodgers just lost three at home against Pittsburgh. They got swept by the Pirates at Dodger Stadium. So even, even the good teams, the weird stuff happens. However, um, some areas of concern. And let's dive in with mm-hmm. someone who really, I mean, he carried the team through the month of April, and it was incredibly exciting. And we were just heaping praise on top of the uh, the Giants executive staff for bringing in Carlos Rodon. It has been completely different over the last five starts, the tune of a 5.54 ERA. Yes, we get it. That was basically run because of one awful, awful start in St. Louis which is still his only start of the year where he's given up more than three runs. But that said, let's also be honest, not the same pitcher in the second month. So what what are you seeing and, and what are you thinking when you watch him throw? Well, the eyes are telling me, just like watching with my eyes, right? The eyes are telling me he's falling behind in counts because he can't get the fastball over consistently for a strike. And then the breaking stuff, you know, nobody's biting on it in the dirt. Nobody's biting on that stuff slightly off. And then when guys get on base, it feels like, because of the high leg kick, 
it's just a waltz over to second base. And I'm just looking at some of the, the, the deeper numbers to kind of like see, hey, where is he at when guys do get into scoring position? They're batting 255 against him. It's not, you know, tearing the cover off the ball, but it's significantly higher than what the league average is right now. And so there's a couple of things here. Righties are hitting him hard. He's falling behind in counts. And when he falls behind, now he has to come in with some of his lesser, you know, efficient stuff. And guys are hitting him hard. I also I think the defense behind him hasn't been great true true i mean that, that we could say that about every single starter uh right now and uh I, I you know in fact i think it was on your show i was listening to fleming talk to you guys earlier this week and he built a beautiful breakdown of how the defense which mm -hmm. let's be honest when it comes to baseball we don't think about it that much it's like mm -hmm. oh that guy's a good defensive player that guy's not but we don't think about team defense no. all that often the Giants team defense has not been good. It's been worse even than it was in, in recent years. And Dave talked about how that has filtered down in ways that have affected the team uh, basically in all aspects of their yeah. game. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, there's been so many little plays where they've shifted one way and a guy's gone, you know, hack or, or butcher boy back to the other side of the field. And it's like, man. Second baseman would normally be right there, but he's playing over the second base bag or whatever it is, and that ball finds a hole. You've got guys out of position at times this year. You've had so many random outfielders out there. I mean, look, when you see guys in the 70s out there playing in the positions that they've been playing out in the field, not pitchers, I start to wonder, like, what's going on here? It's because there's so many guys that are hurt. Here's the one area that I, that I do look at. Um, it, the batting average against, that's the thing for me. When you looked at him early in the year, April, he was so good across the board. Righties and lefties were hovering around 200 against him, the batting average against. Now, lefties still aren't hitting him at all. It's the righties that have really started to hit him a little. And so the numbers in May have really skewed his overall numbers this year. He needs to get back to the basics. Start the count 0102 and then work there because right now when he falls behind 1020, he's got to come in and he's coming in with stuff that's not 97, 98, or it's not devastating breaking stuff. Well, I, I, I'll say this here's one thing I noticed also. And before the year even started, when the Giants signed Rodon, I got a couple mm -hmm. buddies who are uh, sports media people in Chicago, okay. and they were a little bit eyebrows up on the signing, not because Rodon's not good. But they just felt like the idea of Rodon really not just being healthy, but holding his good stuff for an entire year has never really been done before. He was great last year, but there were spots. And when he loses even just a couple miles an hour on his fastball, it's a very, very different pitcher. A 95-mile-an-hour yeah. fastball, hate to say it, is not that special in baseball anymore. <laughs> No. A 97-mile-an-hour yeah. fastball is. And Rodon, it looks like to me, in the last three, four starts, is hitting 95 instead of hitting 97 or 98. And therefore, that players, uh, the, the players on the other side are being more aggressive when they yeah. see the fastball, and they're able to catch up to it more. Yeah, and it feels like he's gone up against a lot more right-handed uh you know, right-handed heavy lineups too, which has really gone against him right now. Like, I'm not worried about him though. Like, I'm really not. I, I actually think he's right where he needs to be. I think he's going to bounce back with a really good June. That's that's my optimism right there. And if you offset kind of the downslope of May for him with someone who's been outstanding for them, like 
Junis, uh, Jacob Junis has been outstanding. Like, I can't really lose my mind because I still believe, like, all the main numbers are diluted because of that one outing against St. Louis. Yeah, let me hear more about Junis. What do you oh got on him? Because the guy has absolutely been a savior in that rotation. Look, Cobb's pitched better than the numbers. Yep. Junis has pitched better than the numbers. This guy's been outstanding. I called him a poor man's vocal song earlier. Four different pitches. The guy, listen to these game logs. Okay, this is a guy who wasn't in the rotation. He's gone five, five and two-thirds, six, six, and then he goes four and a third. I mean, talk about just what the doctor ordered when Alex Woods get knocked out of games early, when you really don't have a fifth starter right now, and Rodon has, quote-unquote, struggled. So, to me, this is just what they needed. Only 11 runs over the last five starts. He's two and one over the month of May and during those five starts. But I think this is a guy that could legitimately win eight or nine games for this team this year if he continues on the trajectory he's in. He's giving this team a chance by handing it to the bullpen, keeping the game either tight or with a lead when he gives it to him. The dude's been outstanding. Yeah, he's been huge. So two starters we wanted to talk about and then three rookies we wanted to get mm. into. And I almost want to go back to our previous episode, Joe, yeah. and, and, and bring up what we didn't bring up then because we were talking about the All-Star game and who on the Giants could even be in that conversation. And it's hard to find. You know, you start to think about Jock Peterson, or do you give Brandon Crawford a legacy spot at shortstop, or Rodon, who, you know, doesn't look like he's trending that way. Could Logan Webb move into that spot? Why didn't we bring up Luis Gonzalez, who I don't know how he works his way on because of lack of name recognition, and he's at a position where there are so many. But let's just call it what it is. He has been their most consistent offensive player. And if you're not going to talk about him in the all-star game conversation, you better talk about him in the rookie of the year conversation. This was another very, very adept Farhan find late last year. And man, he has been fantastic. And his ball chart goes all oh. over the field. He hits the ball to all yeah. fields. This looks like to me, not just a player who's off to a good start in his career, this is someone who's got staying power in this league. This is who Dave Fleming identified coming out of spring training as the sleeper candidate to help this team. He's 11 for his last 29, four RBIs, a 380 batting average. Here's the key for me. With two outs, this dude's batting 345. All right, that is huge. We talked about clutch at bats the other day. We're like, how is this team doing it? All right, how how are they leaving so many runners on base yet are second in baseball in terms of runs scored per game? How about this stat? 435 Luis Gonzalez is batting with runners in scoring position. You Oof. want to talk about a clutch player who is delivering for this team? Start with Luis Gonzalez. Okay. However, the two rookies that we thought we'd be talking about this year, <laughs> woof. Uh, I'll give Joey Bart this. And we talked about him yeah. last week. And I said, don't give up yet. And really interesting to hear the story that he was the one who sort of forced uh, the whole team to decide to walk the bases loaded in extra innings in Philly the other night, walk Bryce Harper, and it worked out. That's a great example of why the Giants are still, I think, so intrigued mm -hmm. by Joey Bart and impressed by some of the things he's done. Same time, uh, look, I'll back him. It was twice a ball inside, oh. and he yeah. should have walked in an extra run in that game. I get that, but watching him at the plate just continues 
yeah. to get harder and harder for fans. Look, no matter how you break it down, he's top five in terms of striking out percentage <laughs> based on how many times he goes up to the plate. He's on pace right now for like 200 strikeouts. I mean, that's just where we're at with this right now. He's got 13 hits this year, Mark, through two months. 13 hits. All right. Jock Peterson has 12 home runs. All right. So just to kind of put that into, into context, he's already at about 50 strikeouts right now. And to me, it's just looking overwhelmed, not balanced at the plate. I'm not sure what his approach is. I'd like to see him stop trying to pull everything and just go the other way. I don't know what's going on with the guy. And you brought up the, the whole sequence with him behind the plate. Cause I do think he's played defensively really, really well. I'm reserving judgment on whether to be outraged, worried, excited about that whole, hey, I told them to walk him. Something's just a little off here. I'm not saying that that there's this big rife amongst Joey Bart and Gabe Kapler. I'm not, I'm not here to say it. just, to me, it was odd. Kapler saying, oh, no, no, that was all on Joey Bart. I didn't know what he was trying to do there. Joey Bart coming out and saying, oh, yeah, we knew right away when he was coming to the plate. It was just something I'm following it away. I'm going to reserve judgment. Let's see where this goes. I don't know whether to be outraged, excited, or what. Yeah, I think that they're just in. They're still in a mode of, of needing to sell Joey Bart okay. to the fans. Some, this is just my read. Okay. But when he does something good, it's like let's make a big deal about it on the defensive end because the okay. offensive end right now uh, speaks for itself, and it's, yeah. and it's not good. Um, same goes. Uh, for Elliot Ramos, I mean, look, he was only up for one day, didn't do much, hasn't been doing much down in the minor leagues either. He's really struggling. And this one is, I, I think, mentally one that's a real struggle for fans because we've yeah. been hearing about him being on the doorstep for so long. And this is the year, quite frankly, that he was supposed to spend a lot of time up in the bigs. And so far, he just hasn't been able to earn it. So here's the question I have. What's the game plan for Ramos? Like, what were they hoping? Both times that they brought him up, it felt like, a, ah, we'll give him a little taste, but no matter what he does, he's probably going back down. I just don't understand what their philosophy is with him right now. I, I And I know he's got to perform. I'm not here to, like, cape up for him. He's got to perform. There's no doubt about it. Are they trying to showcase him? Like, hey, we could have brought him up. We could have brought him up, but our outfield's so filled. Like, to me, he feels like now, and maybe I'm just jumping the gun on this, he feels like the trade candidate if you were to swing a deal. I don't know. I mean, there's still a lot of value there, but they're watching what he's doing in the minors and other teams as well. They're not going to love what, what they're seeing. I wonder, and, you know, part of this is, is is taking a look at the mental makeup of a guy and what makes him tick. And so, you know, Fair. dip your toe in the water. Um, you know, maybe they feel like they need to motivate him with like, Hey, you know, here's, here's the big leagues. Yeah. There's a big, Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Now you're gonna have to go right. Like you give him a little taste of the dessert and then find out if he wants a little bit more, but, um, he's going to have to do a lot more down in the minor leagues. Um, and quite frankly, there's probably going to have to be continued injuries, uh, up in the, uh, in the big leagues, if he's going to spend extended time later in the second half of the year. Look, if you're just a Giants fan dying for this farm to produce an everyday player, it's disappointing. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, I'm I'm really disappointed in Joey Bard and and Elliot Ramos. I want more. I'm not done with them. I'm not closing the book on them. But I'm just – I'm very disappointed. One last thing before we move on. You were talking about All-Stars. One guy flying under the radar who's having a sneaky, really good year – is Mike Yastrzemski batting really good against righties and lefties. He's playing elite defense right now. He's leading this team in terms of qualified at-bats in uh, on-base percentage, OPS, slugging, you know, so many different categories. 
He's just he's he's coming back to the Yastrzemski we had two years ago, and I think it's flying under the radar right now. Yeah, no, it's huge. In fact, he might even be better than the guy we saw a couple of years ago. He's been more consistent. And, uh, you know, last year made people feel like, oh, it was a one-hit wonder. Yeah. This swings us back the other way, which is really encouraging. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Mike is someone that they, they, they've got under control for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so if he can pay dividends for the long term, that would be huge. All right. If you love what you're hearing, Giants fans, we want to let you know again, we're here twice a week, every week. Make sure you are subscribed to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. It's been a repetitive subject with these Giants, Joe, but I think whenever they play Philly, it's a great time to sort of take stock of the way the Giants build themselves mm -hmm. because their manager is Gabe Kapler someone who after one year Philly didn't want anymore. It still triggers the fans. Um, and Farhan was very careful to say, Hey, um, we think that people who learn from their first time through are really good in their second opportunity. We're going to give that to Gabe and look how well that's worked out. Let's talk about something else that's in Philly's philosophy that so many fans really, really want the giants to adopt. Big names, <laughs> right? Who came in second for Bryce Harper? The Giants did. And fans will get triggered by this. Oh, hey, gosh, it's great that we finish second every single time. It's as if you want us to think you're going to spend money and you won't spend money. However, um, I'll ask any Giants fan, do you want to trade places with Philly? No. You want, right? You no. want um, the big name. They've got the big names. They spend the big money, and they've got absolutely nothing to show for it. Their record right now is the same as the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, and, and here's here's one of the things. I got in a big text thread with my co-host from the morning show, Bonte Hill, where he's losing his mind about Nick Castellanos. I'm like, look, he's having a great series against the Giants. I, I'm not going to deny that. But look at how much money he got in free agency, over $100 million. Okay, look at his overall batting average, the amount of hits he's had this year, the home runs. Pick whatever metric you want. Jock Peterson is right there with him in all of the stats for $6 million on a one-year deal. Now, I'm not here to say that Nick Castellanos doesn't do certain things better than Jock Peterson. I think he's a more well-rounded player than Jock right now. But in terms of bang for the buck and not being – you know, financially irresponsible, I have no problem with them saying, no, we want the $6 million bargain bin over the other flawed outfielder, Nick Castellanos. So, like, I'm seeing Giants fans lose their minds on that. I'm like, okay, I, I like Nick Castellanos too, but let's be reasonable here. They nailed the Jock Peterson free agency signing. 
Well, uh, first of all, they nailed Jock Peterson. And second of all, sometimes I feel like we decide guys are exciting solely because the Giants <laughs> didn't sign them. Yes. Okay. Nick Castellanos is a nice player. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been in favor of it. I don't think the Giants were ever really all that interested from what I hear. But now Nick Castellanos is Mike Trout. Yeah. He's Bryce Harper. If you're asking for gate receipt players, exactly. Nick Castellanos ain't it. And I don't know how many people actually are. How many Tatises and Trouts and Shohei's and Bryce Harper's are there? There aren't that many. Now, if the Giants by this time next year have Juan Soto or Aaron Judge on the team, great. Let's let's talk about that. I'm all in. Um, But, again, I'll, I'll keep pointing out, as soon as we told the Giants, oh, man, they're boring. Well, hold on a second. 13 to 12 over the Mets, nine runs in two innings the next day. By that weekend, we've got fantasy football fighting. We've got a manager uh, protesting gun violence. Uh, We've got Jake McGee being left off the lineup card. Last week was the most exciting week (laughs) of the year when it comes to Giants baseball. And uh, and they won the majority of those games. I know they lost two out of three in Cincinnati, but took two out of three from the Mets, took two out of three from the Philadelphia Phillies. To me – that's exciting. I'd ha- I'd rather have a week like that that's got some substance to it and some victories much rather than, oh, cool, we've got a high-priced player. Yeah, see, now that's where I'm at. Like, look, and you know I love Star Appeal. I mean, Mark, come on. How long have we been doing this? You know I love Star Appeal. But you have to be discerning. Like, that's the thing that I think that Giants fans don't understand. You can't just be throwing money away. When they overpaid Cueto and Samarja in free agency, it got them in a financial situation that kept them strapped for multiple years. And we had to wait for money to come off the books. You don't just spend like a drunken sailor because all of a sudden you're in free agency and we've got money to spend. So I'm okay with passing on Castellanos and, and bringing in Jock, who's, again, look at the data. He's been better than him in a lot of different metrics. Here's the one area that I would say. When they made the investment in Bryce Harper, I do feel like Philadelphia was like, well, now we have to overspend to justify the overspend of Bryce Harper. So you go get JT Real Muto and, and you overpay for him. And he's a solid player, but no one's kicking the door down for JT Real Muto. Then you add Schwarber known Giants killer, and then you add Castellano. So I feel like they're at a different incubation stage than where this year's Giants team is. I, I'm not really worried. Now, look, if Juan Soto's available, though, Mark, well, like yeah, that, that we're going to we're going to go after those guys. But these other dudes that people are complaining about, they're flawed players and you're going to regret paying them two and a half years from now. Well, even even, uh, you know, looking at someone like Aaron Judge, who people will be excited about. I wonder if you got Farhan in a quiet room, what he'd say, because Aaron's 30. Aaron's 30. He's, he's been hurt a lot. That, he's going to want that contract. that's going to go till he's 37 yep. or 38. Mm-hmm. And Chris Bryant told you last year, the giants aren't offering that. Yeah. And so that's why I, you know, he, he went somewhere else can also bring up one other thing with regard to this and yeah. specific to Philadelphia. And mm. you could tell your boy Bonte that I said this, mm. although I can just tell him myself when we get in, in the morning for sure, but it is disingenuous to watch a series in Philadelphia and get all excited about all of their home run hitters and ask why the Giants didn't get him. Did you notice who else looked like a bunch of home run hitters in Philly? The Giants did. Exactly. Everybody's a home run hitter in Philadelphia. Castellanos, Mm -hmm. come to Third and King Mm -hmm. and show me that you can put it 20 rows deep there 
two or three times in a series, and then we'll talk. This is a Phillies thing, so it's great that they've got all these big guys and their biceps, and they can go 20 rows deep all the time and lose 52% of their games. That's the Phillies. So don't get wooed by watching a series yeah. in Philly and think they've got all the good home run hitters. Well, I mean, didn't Giants fans realize team building, as much as it is about acquiring talent, it's also the fit. Like personality-wise, you have to fit. When you are traveling and with someone every day, seven, eight, nine hours a day for 200 straight days, you better get along with everybody. I look at that Philly team, and they've got all these high-priced guys. Do they look like they're having any fun? Do they look like they're all buddy-buddy? Like, to me, it looks like a, just a yeah. mixed mash of dudes. And it, I don't know. It just doesn't speak synergy to me. I can't speak to that, but I can speak again to the fact that whatever their their concoction is, it doesn't work. Yes. It doesn't work. They yes. got, you know what I mean? Yes. They've got Nola. They've got Zach Wheeler. I mean, the, you know, and Philly, Philly suffers from the same thing on a much bigger level that the Dodgers have suffered from for a decade, which is that the Dodgers have all these great players, but they have often neglected – to go get a great bullpen. Yeah. And, and I, I've Paul. said this a thousand times. The bullpen in baseball is just like an offensive line in yeah. football. You can have all the fancy players you want, but if your brain center is a mess, it's not going to work. And for Philly, their brain center is a mess. Their bullpen is, is absolutely not good. And, oh, by the way, if you want to know why this Giants team is good but doesn't quite work the way last year's has, same thing. Um, the bullpen, uh, a lot of the same characters – I think their roles are even more defined this year than they were this time last year, but they're not performing the same way. No. Um, and it was on display in game three in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, Garcia has been outstanding all year and yeah. then he gives up two, two run homers in the same inning. Hadn't allowed an earned run all year. So like, look, you're allowed a bad performance guys. Like everyone losing their mind. Have you watched the giants? Garcia has been great this year. And then Doval. Here's the thing with Doval. <laughs> I've, I've noticed this. No, I've noticed this with him at Chapman's off this year as well. These big lanky relievers. Sometimes when the mechanics get off just a little bit, Everything gets thrown out of whack. And, and I've just known him a couple of times. He comes in. He can't get the slider over. He can't locate the fastball. He looks uncomfortable. It could just be one little thing with his mechanics. And I feel like it throws his entire confidence level off. Well, is he's still learning on the fly. And, and you know, he's uh, he's been good more than he's been bad. That's what I'm saying. Um, but no one in the bullpen, possibly no one on the entire organization, uh, has really been able to be – consistent from top to bottom however i still have a lot of hope in this bullpen i do think they've got the right people in the, in the right places um it just uh it, it hasn't been perfect but yeah. you, you know more often than not uh, i think mcgee coming back and and looking very you. very good is going to have a ripple effect mm -hmm. up and down that whole bullpen especially in the late innings it'll be a lesser role for brebbia It'll be a lesser role for Leone, maybe even a lesser role for Duvall yeah. because they've got somebody else who can go in there and close baseball games. So his return, along with the analytics that we've talked about before, I think still mean this can be a good bullpen by the end of the year. And a last punctuation on Duvall. He's going to have to learn you're going to be inheriting a disaster at times, and you're just going to have to make the best of it. And that's the hardest part for a 23, 24, 25-year-old reliever. He's 23. Like, sometimes you're going to come in, and there's going to be runners on first and second, and they're going to say, hey, get us out of it. That's hard. <laughs> that's hard when you're not even an established big leaguer to learn that also on the fly. So I like where he's at. It's just a maturation process. 
All right. On 95.7 The Game, on our crossover, which happens every morning around 8.55 this week, mm -hmm. there was a budding discussion that we have the opportunity to have a little bit more time to dedicate to it right now. So we're going to do that. Coming up in just a second, again, want to remind you, you're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, our podcast for the Giants fan. Make sure you are subscribed and share it with all of your friends and family, too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you said it uh, when we talked about it. There were two options that you put on the table. A, games either need to be seven innings <laughs> or there need to be only 120 of them. Uh, please explain further your point. Okay, so look, I just look at it this way. When COVID hit... To me, it was an opportunity for every single one of the leagues, businesses in general, to reevaluate themselves. So many businesses that I knew were never going to do delivery. We are never. You're going to come down. You're going to sit here and you're going to eat. And we noticed that the best businesses that serve the consumer properly were the ones that pivoted quickly and adapted to the to the situation. Hey, we're going to build parklets. We're going to do Eat24, DoorDash, Grubhub, you name it. Well, the same thing I thought should have been done in basketball and in baseball when they had so much inventory of regular season that was so watered down, it felt like a lot of it didn't really matter and wake me up in the final month or so of the season when the playoffs hit, and then I'll pay attention. I look at baseball right now. You have 162 games. All right, do the math right now. 162 times four hours a game because it feels like each game's about four hours. You're talking about three thousand hours of me being a diehard Giants fan to consume the product. Now, you and I love that kind of stuff. I'm just thinking about the average person. That's a long time to be paying attention throughout the year. Now, I don't want to be the guy, and you said this to me, Joe, you don't want to be the guy campaigning for less sports. No, I don't. I really don't. I just look at it from the consumer. Are we serving the consumer best by not having our best players on the field every single time the television is on? Because right now with 162, I get a lot of platoons. I get a lot of bullpen. I get a lot of that underbelly in pitching that you just don't want to overexpose your guys because of how much games there are. Well, the thing is, while I can buy some of what you're saying conceptually, I think you always have to be careful when you're a company that when you reach out to fix something, what you do actually fixes it. Let me give you an example. Okay. I still think it's hysterical, beyond hysterical to me, that Major League Baseball, in an effort to be like, you know what we need to do? We need to speed it up. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have a counter on the scoreboard that tells you how many mound visits you've got left. Totally agree. Oh, yeah, that, that did it. All right, sweet. Now all we have to do is answer questions when you bring someone to the ball game that, that doesn't go to as many ball games as we do, and they want to know what MV stands for, and you're like, sweet. Like, that stands for mound visits, and, oh, we've limited them to five. Yeah. Like, I mean, how many did you yeah. really think that we needed? So baseball's like, look, we did something. You did nothing. Yeah. And, and so what are you, are you telling me that if we go to 120 games – that, that the Farhan Zaydis of the world are going to stop the platoons? No, they, no. You know what I mean? They, they, they won't. 
And the seven-inning game, which, by the way, don't ever ask Farhan about that because I think he likes it the same way you do. And for me, I, I get that change happens and we resist and then three years goes by and we forget that it was ever even a problem yeah. and we're like, it, yeah. we're fine with it. And, and somewhere along the line, there'll be kids, they'll be like, oh, they used to be nine innings and we'll sound old on the porch <laughs> with a cocktail. Oh, yeah, they used to be nine innings. I, I get all that. But seven innings. Look, I, I mean, first my dad of all, thinks it's sacrilegious. Little, it, what's that? My dad thinks it's sacrilegious that it I even feel, suggest it, it. it. It feels Little League. I know. A, it feels Little League. And B, we got a taste of it with those double headers in the middle of COVID. And it just... Like you were in it the late on. innings too fast. Yeah, it was. You know on. what I mean? Like I, a big piece of beating Philadelphia is is. Can your bullpen do the seventh, eighth, and ninth? No doubt. And the Giants won games well, because of it. So I felt like the in in those seven inning games, I felt like the wrong team was winning too often. Interesting. I hadn't considered that aspect. I just look at it this way. Every single team's philosophy is exactly the same. We have to take pitches because this guy's got about 80 to 95 pitches in him, right? And then we'll get to the bullpen. And then you're going to see four, five, six, maybe seven different arms on a given night. And so if I go down in inventory, maybe my aces pitch more or deeper into games because you don't have the extra two months of the season. Maybe if we go to seven, and again, I'm using both, both things here. Maybe if I go to seven, instead of worrying about Alex Wood barely getting through the fifth, hey, getting through the fifth isn't that bad because the modern way of baseball, there's only one guy who has two complete games right now. Only one guy, and it's some journeyman no one's ever heard of. So I, I just look at the way the modern game is played, and I think we need to recalibrate because everybody's longing for the guy to go out there and throw eight innings that's just not going to happen. No team wants to subject their guy to get hurt. No, and I mean, we talked about it last time when uh, when Gabe Kapler gave Logan Webb the shot, and we were all excited, like, oh, my yeah. gosh, he's going to get a complete game, and it lasted two pitches, and the game was tied. <laughs> We're like, okay, never mind. Don't do that anymore. So I, I get it. My point also to you, though, yeah. uh, earlier this week on the show when I said you don't want to attach yourself to being the less sports guy. That's not what I want to be. Well, it's different. Seven innings is different than 120 games we can talk about 120 games with the knowledge that it's never going to happen there's it's, it's zero not. way i know yeah right? like not. owners are never going to be like oh, okay let, please let us know how we can make less money and and let's do that so that'll never happen but even the seven inning game okay you can still have 162 gates a seven inning game but how long before the traditional fan pitches a fit when the tickets cost the exact same for seven innings as they did for nine, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be one of the people that's like, okay, if you're going to give me, and I don't know the math to do two divided by nine real quick, but if you're going to give me something in the neighborhood of 18% less baseball, then I would like to pay 18% less money. Well, that's why inflation exists currently, Mark. As we know, we're about 10% over. No, it's it's a fair point. And look, in football, I pay for two uh, exhibition games at full price. And I get like 1% of the players I'm going to actually pay to want to go see. So, look, I'm just throwing out ideas at this point because I do love baseball. I absolutely do. But when I look and I'm saying like, dude, none of the kids that I know are watching these games at 9 9 30 10 o'clock at night because they're going to bed that to me is a problem and you wonder why it's such an older demographic watching baseball games there's so many of them and they go on forever i'm just trying to find a solution to better serve the consumer uh, it's totally fair i do wonder this though um okay 
uh, if your kid is sitting there with you watching the first inning and you're like, it's only seven innings instead of nine, is the kid like, okay, I can do seven. Well, it depends I, I, what bedtime I, is, I guess. I, well, I mean, yeah, it depends on the age. <laughs> I mean, let me let me tell you, as someone who but has their, three their kids, their attention and, span is horrible anyway. So they, they well, get seven or the, two, right? They can't get through the top of the first without pulling out their phone. I know. Um, and, and sometimes neither can we. Yeah. I mean, we're we're sitting there. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm I'm teaching a communications class, and we talk about second screen involvement. It, right? We we sit there. It's like the. And to me, that I know it, there's your idea. Right. I don't want seven innings. I don't want 120 games. I want an interactive game on here wow. during the game, the same way a lot of other sports have done. And that is going to engage a younger audience in a completely different way. It doesn't have to be gambling either. Um, listen, People were out in the streets looking for Pikachus a few years ago. That's and right. I'm like, what are y'all playing for? Right. We don't know. We're just playing. Yeah. Like the, if you want the kids to get involved, have some stupid interactive game mm -hmm. well, uh, that, that's involved with the players and, and you know, and, and they win coins, <laughs> digital coins. Poof, they'll be in. Well, I loved what they did a couple of years ago when it was the White Sox versus the Yankees and they were miking up everybody and they're talking during the game. Like that kind of stuff was great to me. Yep. So I just look at it this way. It took 60 years essentially for them to go, oh, let's have the DH in both leagues. It took 60 years. So this is never going to happen. But I look at some of the other sports and they're at least a little more adaptive on the fly than what baseball is. And I get it. That's part of the charm of baseball. I'm not here to eradicate baseball, but when you watch the old clips, guys are throwing to contact. Guys are staying in the batter's box. They're working quicker in between pitches. That era is never coming back. It's max pitching. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to grind pitches, grind at bats. I'm going to readjust my gloves. I'm going to look at signs like that is never coming back. We were losing our minds on Familia because he tied his shoes two or three times the other yeah, day, yeah. right? So we're a restless society. It's just, something's got to give. And I wish they were a little more proactive. It's not a pitch clock. That's not what it's going to no. do. It's not limiting mound visits. We agree there. It's something radical needs to happen. It's just never going to, I just, I love the game so much. I want others to share my passion. I, I, I'm with you and it's going to take out of the box thinking. And one thing baseball does not do well <laughs> is think out of the box. Yes. You well, we want I mean? the ball in play. Look like the most exciting thing out in baseball is the ball in play. People running the bases, the ball being hit up the middle. A double play is very exciting. I mean, right now you want to know an adventure in baseball. The number one adventure is a giant rounding third base headed for home. Oh, I have boy. no idea how many steps they'll be thrown out by, but we don't get enough of it in baseball <laughs> right now. And I just wish the ball was in play a little more. Yeah. Yeah. If you want something that's on time, it's a ball to home plate that's waiting for a Giants runner. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Yeah. Where's Ron Wotus? Uh, Paging Ron Wotus. Uh, all right. Great stuff for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Another episode coming at you this weekend after the experience in Miami yes. against the Marlins. This has been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed and do not miss any of our two episodes a week.